page 76. Jesus spoke to me one day, praise his holy name. Said he died my debts and pay for my sin and shame. He was serving him below, thus he spoke to me. I believe and now I know I have been set free. Jesus spoke to me, Jesus spoke to me. I was lost, sins don't see. He said he gave me. He spoke to me, I was blind, now I see I'm glad I heard my Savior speak to me. I shall not forget the day when I heard His voice, said my sins were washed away, make my soul rejoice. It is finished, trustful key, I have paid it all. see all of you tonight. We appreciate all of you being here. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. I'm going to ask uh, Brother Tim Mitchell, if he will, to open us tonight. May be seated, page 119. I hear the Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. 
Thine in me, thine all in all. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin and live the crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Lord, now indeed I find thy power and thine alone can change the leper's spot and melt the heart of stone. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin let the crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. And when before the throne I stand in incomplete, I'll lay my trophies down, all down at Jesus' feet. Jesus paid it all, all to Him I owe. Sin had left the crimson stain. Page 220. The love of God is greater for than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. The guilty perfect that we care, God gave His Son to win. His every child He reconciled and poured Him from His sin. Oh, shut up. 
page 113 fellowship go to someone tell them you love them if you have any tithes and offerings you can bring them at this time
good to see all of you tonight. If you're glad to be here, say amen. 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 Good to see all of you. Let me make a couple of announcements, and, uh, and then we'll go on with our service tonight. Remember this coming Saturday at 10 o'clock here at the church, we will be having church cleanup day, a church work day. So you plan on being here with us at 10 this uh, coming Saturday. And then also we've had something uh, planned and it worked out with something else that I want to do. But we used to have a church fast Yearly, at the beginning of a year, we would have a church fast. And Brother Keith Shoemaker said something in his message this past Sunday night. And while I was sitting there listening, God spoke to my heart. Then I had someone in the church text me. said, Brother John, why don't we do a church fast? And, uh, and I agree. I, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. And so we're going to be doing a church fast. The first week of of next month and the way we do that on a Thursday we our last meal together will be that that day at lunchtime you eat you eat lunch and then that'll be your last meal and then we're going to break our fast together that following Sunday uh, which will be the first uh, second Sunday of that month on the night and I understand that they're doing a pastor appreciation luncheon on the night night and they're going to have some some of the stuff catered in and so all of that's going to work out together we'll break our church fast together but i just feel like the church needs a fast we need to get together and we need to really pray one for the other and praying that god would minister to all of our hearts and help us and uh so that'll be the first full week of yes first full week I believe it's the 6th, on October the 6th. Is that right, Sister Michelle? The 6th, we'll start our fast and we'll break it together on the 9th. And that'll be a, a pastor appreciation luncheon. And uh, we'll do all that at, at, together. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. I was going to preach tonight on, on fasting, but I'll save that to a later date. But God sent Brother Stacy Roberts. By to us, or as he's known now as Brother Fred, and uh, sent him by to us, and he's going to be preaching for us tonight just a little bit. But I want to do something tonight before we have a special. I want to just call for church prayer. The Bible says that that uh, the church went through a lot of things in the Book of Acts, and they would pray and fast, pray and fast. And something interesting I noticed about the subject of fasting is that the Bible tells us that men ought always to pray. But you don't read that about fasting. Fasting is a seasonal, special thing that you don't just do as a routine. You do it as special seasons in the Bible. And, uh, but I do want to begin the night of our church just spending some time together in prayer. That God would minister to every one of our hearts. How many of you believe this? That we are living in the last days. And there's, there's, so, much, there's so much going on in these last days. There's a lot of demonic activity going on. And we don't see it. But the Bible tells us that it is real. And it is very, very, very real. And there's so much demonic activity. There's so much of the devil just working overtime. 
who's trying to discourage hearts and lives of, of people, his, God's people. And uh, we, need to, we need to bond together in prayer. I discovered when I was studying through the book of Acts that one of the great unifying elements of, of a church was prayer. And we've always heard that the church, the family that prays together stays together. Well, that applies to every church. The, fa the church that prays together will stay together. And how we need to pray together, one for the other, and, and get a burden for each other. Not just go through the motions with it. Not just say, Lord bless them. I'm talking about, how about, how about this? How about really praying for your pastor? Uh, I've, I've never been in a time of ministry like I've, been, I've witnessed in the last little while. It's a, it's a tough time. And you need to pray for your pastor. And I need, I've been praying for you and how we need to uphold one another and pray one for the other. So I'm going to ask her to play a little something on the piano tonight. Let's all, as a church, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, let's all gather together and let's bond together in prayer tonight. Y'all come on.
Keep that up there. I have to buy my bus. Amen. Amen. Appreciate that. I love seeing a family get up there and sing like that. Grandparents, parents, kids. What a blessing. Y'all are blessed. Y'all are blessed. Well, it's good to have Brother Stacy Fred Roberts with us tonight. And uh, I only know him by Stacy. I don't know him as Fred, but I'm thankful that God sent him to us tonight. I love Brother Stacy. Appreciate his heart for Jesus Christ and, and what he's doing out there at the church that he pastors. Keep up with him online and, and uh, just thankful to have some, one of our own out there doing something for Jesus. Amen. Brother Stacy, you come on tonight. Sing on here. There I am. Am I on now? Amen. Well, it's good to be back home told Karen this week we were preparing for uh, homecoming an old-fashioned day this morning at the church. I told her, I said, we're going to be off Sunday night. Let's go home for a little while. I came in wanting to sit down and hear my preacher preach. And he, but I, I always told the Lord this from the moment that I got saved, the Lord called me to preach. I told him, I said, Lord, I'll never refuse an opportunity to preach your word. I thank God for His Word. I thank Him for the blessings that He's given to us. I've missed y'all. I've missed this church. I've missed each and every one of y'all. And I, I still pray for all of you. And uh, God has God's put something in my heart for Merville Baptist Church that I don't think it'll, it'll ever get out. This will always be home to me. I missed hearing Brother Terry sing. I missed that, that song leading that I was seeing tonight. And uh, I think, I, I, I hate that we couldn't have been here this morning because I sure would love to hear the choir sing. I'll get over there on Facebook from time to time. But John, I love you. From time to time, I just get over there on Facebook just to hear this choir sing. And uh, it's such a blessing to hear. If you've got your Bibles tonight, turn to Ephesians chapter 6. I was sitting there trying to figure out what the Lord would have me to preach. It seems like, but John, I don't know if you've ever had those seasons uh, since you've been preaching. And I'm sure you have where it seemed like you would prepare all week and for a period of time you would prepare and as soon as you got up, God would say, no, I don't want you to preach that, I want you to preach this. and be something you hadn't even prepared to preach. And uh, I, I had my mind on a certain uh, thought tonight, but what you had said about fasting and you, you said several things when you were talking about fasting and then they sung that song Brought my mind back to this message that I had preached a while back at the church. Lord kind of settled my heart on it. When you have Ephesians chapter 6, also turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Ephesians 6, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I'm going to see if I can find the same thing right fast. I don't see very well here lately, so I have a hard time trying to find where I'm going sometimes. When you have your place in Ephesians chapter 6, and 
2 Corinthians chapter 12, you stand as we reverence the reading of God's Word tonight. Ephesians chapter number 6, Paul, of course, very familiar passage of Scripture, talking about the whole armor of God. Paul said it this way, he said, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, because we wrestle against those things, wherefore, taken to you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Now, if you will, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 10 tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 3. The Word of God says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Father, as we come to you tonight, just want to thank you for your word. God, I thank you for the blessedness of being able to study it, being able to understand it through the Holy Ghost. God, I thank you for my church. I thank you for Merville Baptist Church. God, Brother John, and all these that's gathered. God, I pray tonight, Father, that for a few minutes, God, once again, that you would anoint me with that special anointing, that God, you'd fill me with the Holy Ghost. Give me that unction that I need tonight, God. Help me to preach your word, Father, as a dying man to dying people, God. As one beggar to another, God, I pray tonight, Father, that you would be glorified and magnified in all that we say and do. God, encourage your people in these last days and help us, Father, to stay in the fight regardless of what may come. We love you and we thank you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated tonight. So many times in Paul's letters, he likens our Christian life to a war. I believe Brother John hit the nail on the head tonight. I told my people the other night, or the other day, I said, you know, I honestly believe with everything that's in me that we're living in the last days. I believe, I, I strongly, Brother Tim, I believe with all my heart tonight that we're going to see the rapture of the church take place. I believe that I will, I will go out in that rapture. And I, that's how firmly I believe it. But in this day and time that we're living, we're in one of the greatest wars. We're living in... Brother John, you're right. I, I didn't get the pastor in those, I guess you could call them glory days. Uh, you know, God saw fit to put me and you, Brother Stanley, and others. We're the last day's pastors. And we've got to fight before us like others have never seen before. I believe in the day and time that we're living in, there's more demonic activity than we've ever seen since the days of Christ. I come in contact with people every day that I can look them in the eyeball and know beyond a shadow of a doubt they've got so many demons in them that they don't even realize what they're doing anymore. I was driving down the road the other day and I began to watch people just running in front of each other. They wouldn't yield. They wouldn't drive right there. It's cutting each other off. And I began to think to myself how lawless the society that we live in today is. It's a lawless society. 
And Paul told Timothy then the last days perilous times should come. It shouldn't surprise us everything that's going on in our world today. We're living in some dangerous times. But Paul likened any war is dangerous. War is a dangerous thing. Uh, this idea that the Christian life is all rainbows and roses is bad wrong. When you got saved, you entered into a warfare. When you got saved, there was a target painted on you. Satan, can I just go ahead and say it like this tonight? Satan hates you. And he's going to do anything and everything that he can to tear you down. But now's not the time for the church to sit down. Now's not the time. Oh, I'm, I tell you what's the truth, church. I'm seeing too many Christians sitting back and taking it easy, just trying to coast through this thing. But if there's ever been a day and a time, hey, if there's ever been a day and a time where Christians needed to rise up and needed to stand for something, it's the day and the time that we're living in today. And so many times Paul likened our Christian life to a war. Paul told Timothy, he said, I charge. Uh, this charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. And you and I are in a fight tonight. And it's a real fight. And sometimes it hurts. Sometimes it gets hot. Sometimes it gets hard, but I'm glad that we're under a great commander. I'm glad that there's one. Hey, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world tonight. Again, Paul told Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many which fight the good fight of faith. In other words, uh, Paul writing to Timothy in a day and time where much persecution was taking place, where Christians were being slaughtered, where people were quitting. At one point in time, Timothy got so afraid that he backed up and backed off. Paul said, don't be ashamed, Timothy. He said, fight the good fight of faith. You just keep going on. Don't you quit. Don't you give up. Don't you back down. Don't you give down. Uh, you keep going on. And there's going to be a lot of struggles in the days that we're going to face. And there's going to be a lot of times of fasting, Brother John. There's going to be much more prayer. And there's going to be times that we don't understand what God's doing in this world. But I'll promise you this tonight. Everything's going exactly how God has planned I was talking to somebody the other day. I told them, I said, do you think that all of these things that's taking place today uh, in America, in the Middle East, the economies around the world, do you think all those things are just happening by chance? Do you think those things are a product of bad laws that's being passed? God is bringing everything together. I was reading a paper today, Brother John, somebody gave me a, a sermon that was, that was typed out from Central Baptist Church back in April of 1973. And that, that paper, that sermon, was on the rapture of the church. And he was talking about rising food prices. And he was talking about rising gas prices. And he was talking about everything in 1973 that we're talking about today. 
It's no different today than it's always been. But you know, there's some scoffers in the Word. The Word of God tells us about the scoffers that say, Hey, where is the promise of His coming? Since the days of old, everything's went just like they always had. Well, I can tell you this, honey. You better mark her down. There's more prophecy being fulfilled today than there ever has been. We're living in the very last days, and it's not time to give up on this fight. Paul said, I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. I've finished my course. I don't know about y'all, but that's what I want to be able to say when it comes my time. And there's a lot of, there's been a lot of times. Look, John, you'll know what I mean by this. Been a lot of times I sit back and really wondered, is it really worth it? A lot of times you get discouraged. A lot of times you get down. I keep going back and I keep remembering what God has prepared for us. And I keep remembering those promises. And I keep, I keep hearing that ringing in my ear. Oh, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And I keep remembering Paul's words when he said, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. Uh, I've kept the faith. I don't want to give up. I don't want to quit. I want to fight a good fight. But if you and I are going to fight a good fight of faith, there's some things we're going to have to remember tonight. Back in Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 12, Paul said it this way. He said, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Can I go ahead and tell you tonight, uh, we're fighting an unseen enemy. Hey, our fight is not with Washington. Our fight is not with the Republicans or the Democrats or the Libertarians or any of that other bunch of messed up freaks up there. Our fight isn't with the gays, with the LGBT, ABC crowd. Our fight is with the principalities and the powers that are behind them. You better mark her down. Behind every school shooting has been a principality and a power of the air. There's been a dark force at work. There has to be some things messed up to get that to happen. You better believe up there in Washington there's more demons than you've ever dreamed of in your life. If God could open up our eyes for five seconds and let us see the, the battle that's taking a, a place uh, around this room right here, uh, the demons of hell trying to stop everything that's going on tonight. Hey, you better understand tonight that we're in a real war and we have an unseen enemy. And his goal is to steal, to kill, and destroy. He don't want nothing more than your testimony. He knows he can't have your soul if you're saved. If he can't have your soul, he'll take your testimony. And we have an unseen enemy. You say, you act like you're mad. I am. I'm tired of the devil messing with God's people. I'm tired of the devil messing with the church. I'm tired of the things that he's doing. He's messed up America. He's messed up our schools. He's messed up our homes. He's messed up the minds of our young people. And I, I'm tired of it. And I'm going to speak out against him every chance I get. Hey, can I tell you tonight that we have a real enemy? Sometimes we forget that. We get to talking about all oh, them politicians up in Washington. I don't care who we elect. I think we all ought to go to the polls and vote for the lesser of the, of the two evils. That's about the only way we can vote anymore. I mean, it really is. But it don't matter who we get, they're going to be messed up. 
They get up in Washington, it ain't going to take no time to mess them up. They kind of like Lot. You get a good Christian in Washington, he's going to vex his righteous soul with, with all the sin that's up there. It'd do Christians much more good time that they spend complaining about politics to be on their knees praying and fighting that spiritual war that's going on behind them. We have an unseen enemy. Peter said it this way. He said, Our adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. You and I need to understand tonight that we are in a spiritual war. There's things going on in this world today that you and I just don't understand. There's things going on today that we just can't understand. But I'll tell you this, I know who's on the winning side. I know who comes out on top. Hey, I may know who's going to win the war, but that don't make the battles any better. It don't make the battles less hot. But uh, friend, uh, listen to me tonight. Uh, we got to stay in this thing. Don't you quit. Don't you quit. We have an unseen enemy, and he's doing everything he can to get as many Christians to quit on this thing as he possibly can. And our battles are spiritual battles. All this bickering and backbiting and fussing and complaining, that just ain't getting the job done. My word, we've been voting for 50 years to try to get all that real raff out of there. They still in there. It ain't working. It ain't working. So what's the solution to that problem? How do we fight? Paul said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but spiritual, mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds. You see, the battles that we fight, we can't fight by conventional means. We trying to fight people. We trying to fight with our, with our mouth. We need to be fighting on our knees. We need to be giving uh, God the, the, the opportunity to work. And uh, You realize tonight that prayer is the, is the one thing that moves the mighty hand of God. And if Christians would just get back to prayer, it'd be amazing what we might be able to see done in America today if we just began praying again. Our... our Weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down a stronghold. We're going to overcome. We're going to have to overcome using the right weapons. We'll have to skip over stuff. We're fighting an unseen enemy tonight. I think, you know, I'm afraid. I'm afraid that for so many years, Brother John, we've made so much fun of the devil. We've showed him on the cartoons, a little red man with a pitchfork and a forked tail and the horns. We've dressed our children up like the devil at Halloween. We've had cartoons and we've seen them on the TV and we've made light of it. and We've made fun of it. I'm appalled at some of the television shows that's on right now. I saw an advertisement for one called Lucifer the other day. Got a cartoon out about the Antichrist for children to watch now. We've made so much fun of the devil that we as adults don't even believe he's real anymore. We're going to have to understand, church, that we've got an unseen enemy. He wants to destroy your life. But can I say this tonight? We may have an unseen enemy, but we also have an unimaginable power. An unimaginable power. Paul said it this way in Ephesians 6.10. He said, finally, my brethren, be strong. Oh, be strong. Go to the gym, pump iron, be strong, right? Be strong in the flesh. Be strong in politics. 
Be strong in, in voicing your opinion. Be strong taking a stand on the political matter. No, that's not what Paul said. Paul said, be strong in the Lord. Our strength, our might, our ability to fight this unseen enemy does not come from our flesh. It does not come from our minds. It's not our intellect. It's not uh, the things that we say or the things that we do. It's all because of Christ. I'm glad tonight that I don't have to worry about it. I'm glad that greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. I'm glad that I have an unimaginable power. It's too bad that the church hasn't tapped into that power in a long time. It is. The church is suffering from a, from a spiritual weakness today. We need to get back to drawing our strength from the Lord. Fear, fear, fear. God's people are living in constant fear today. That's the one thing, Brother John, that I'm seeing in people's lives more than anything else. It's not a lack of faith. It's not, it's not unbelief. It's not, it's not depression. It's fear. They're afraid of what tomorrow's going to hold. They're afraid of, of what's going to happen with gas prices. They're afraid of what's going to happen with food prices. They're afraid of what might happen if they go outside the door. And God's people are living in fear today. But Paul told Timothy that God has not given us the spirit of fear. That spirit of fear comes from the devil. That spirit of fear is from hell. God has not given us the spirit of fear. Because we've got somebody with us. We've got somebody that's walking with us and talking with us and watching over us and taking care of us. Oh, it may get a lot worse. I don't know. But I'll promise you this. If we put our trust and our faith in the Lord, they ain't none of us going to go hungry. He's going to see to it. He's going to take care of it. He's going to take care of all of our needs. He promised that He would. He, hey, we might not have everything that we want. We not, might not all walk in here with a, with a new pair of overalls or a bow tie or a nice clothes, but I promise you this. He will take care of our needs. But you know, He said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Then all these things will be added to you. I wonder today how many of God's children are seeking the kingdom of God and how many are seeking their own kingdom of their heart. I wonder how many times we seek God's glory instead of our own, or our glory instead of God's glory. I wonder how many times we try to lift self up instead of lifting the Savior up. We're more worried about what we want to do. We're more worried about what we want. We're more worried about uh, our fun and our entertainment and our pleasure than we are the kingdom of God. If God's people were worried about God's kingdom, we'd be out telling others about Jesus Christ. We would. We're more worried about what we want than we are what God wants. I'm preaching to me tonight. Y'all see where my fingers are pointing. So many times, if I'm not careful, I get my eyes on everything else in this world, Brother John. And I miss that one fact. And I need to be seeking God's kingdom. I need to be bringing... I, that's our job. That's our job, church. 
Our job is to go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in. We're workers with Christ. We're not in this thing alone. We're, to put, we're supposed to be uh, sowing the seed. We're supposed to be watering the seed. God's going to give the increase. The reason that we're not seeing an increase is there's no seed being sown and no water being poured out. My, my, I don't know where that message came from, but I like it. I need it. You and I have an unimaginable power. So many times we get burnt out on serving God. Terry, you, you get up here every week leading that choir, singing those songs. Looking out over a bunch of people going. I said I was going to get me. I find my, my nephew had a pen here a while back. Had a video camera on it. I said I'm going to buy me one of them. I'm going to wear it in my pocket when I preach. And I'm going to play it back and let everybody see what I look at. Good idea, ain't it, brother? Brother John's, I, I see them wheels are turning. It's easy to get burnt out. It's easy to... Began to wonder, man, is it even worth it? I'm glad that we have one who can encourage us. See, because you're not doing it for Terry. You're not doing it for Merville Baptist Church. You're not doing it for Brother John. You're doing it for the Lord. When we get our, our priorities right and we begin to understand why we're in this thing... I'm not in this thing to make a name for me. God knows I couldn't do that if I wanted to. I'm not in this thing to try to build up uh, some man-made something. I'm in this thing for the Lord. Hey, I'm going to tell you tonight, uh, He forgave me for so much, and the least I can do is to live for Him. Hey, I'm glad that I know that I serve a risen Savior, and He's within me tonight. I like that old song. You ask me how I know He lives. He lives within my heart. Hey, there's an honor unimaginable power in each of us that will cast out that fear, an unimaginable power that will enable you to live for Christ. The reason some of y'all continue to fail to live for Christ is because you're trying to do it on your own. If you'll just give in and say, God, I ain't no way I can do it, but I need you to do it through me. Paul said, boy, those things that I want to do, I can't do. And all those things that I don't want to do, that's what I keep doing. I just keep messing up. He said, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? But in that very next verse, he said, I thank God through Jesus Christ. Boy, I'm glad that we've got one that's able to do the things that we can't do. I've tried many a year to live that life on my own. Oh, I tried to do it myself. I tried to build it up. I tried to, uh, boy, I, I'd, I'd be praying about it. I'd try to build up that faith. I'd try to build up that belief. I'd try to make myself witness. I'd try to make myself do this or do that. I'd have to make myself be faithful. I kept trying and trying, and I kept failing and failing. And one day I finally figured out I can't do it. And he said, no, but I can. Just give me the reins. I've been reading Narnia. I like Narnia. You ever read that, Brother John? You ain't never read Narnia, C.S. Lewis? One of the greatest books in the world. I love Narnia. third book that C.S. Lewis wrote in the Narnia Chronicles was called The Horse and His Boy. 
about a talking horse from Narnia trying to get back. And that talking horse told, told the little boy, he said, look, he said, you get on my back, we're going to take off for Narnia. He said, but do not touch those reins. He said, you just let, leave the reins alone, you give me my head. He said, you just hold on to that saddle horn, hold on with your knees. You just hold on and I'll do it all. Don't touch the reins. You know, that's what God's telling a lot of us tonight. Don't touch the reins. You just hold on and don't touch the reins and let me do it. And I'll get you there. I'll get you there. We have an unimaginable power. Things that we haven't even begun to tap into. And if we'll just let go of the reins and give God our life, say, all right, Lord, whatever you want. I like what Percy Ray said. Anywhere, anytime, anything. God, here it is. You'll be amazed at what God could do with a life. You'll surrender to Him. Let me say this finally. We have an ultimate victory. Well, I'm glad of that, Brother John. Paul said, if I had hope in Christ in this world alone, I'd be of all men most miserable. If right here and now was the only hope I had in Jesus Christ, I'd just give up today. I just give up today. But you know what? I've got hope beyond here and now. There is an ultimate victory. Oh, the battles are going to get hot. We're going to go through things in our life that we may not even understand why we're going through them. My word, there's been times here lately, Brother John, I've asked God a lot of times, what in the world are you doing? I don't understand it. I can't see it. I don't get it. But you're God. There's going to be times in our life that we're not going to understand exactly what God is doing. I heard somebody say one time, when you can't see God's hand, just trust His heart. There's been a lot of times in my children's life that they didn't understand why I told them no. A lot of times in their life that they didn't understand why I wouldn't let them do this or that. A lot of times in their life that they didn't understand what I was doing when it came to their upbringing. But they always knew this. I was trying to do the very best to protect them. You know that's what God's doing with each of us. One of my favorite verses in Psalms says, As a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that love him. Church, I promise you this tonight. Regardless of what battles you face, regardless of what the enemy may be telling you tonight, and I believe that the enemy's working overtime in the minds of God's children right now. Regardless of what he's telling you, you remember this, there is an ultimate victory. We, we are more than conquerors through Christ. Things may not get better down here. We may face a whole lot worse things than we've already seen. But Paul said that he considered this light affliction. All these things are nothing but light affliction. He said, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time High gas prices, high food prices, lack of food a lot of times in the store, the, the, the trials that we face, the, the false teachers, all these things that we're going through today, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not even worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Oh, there's coming a much, much better day Church, we need to keep our eyes lifted up. Now's not the time to be looking down. 
Now's not the time to be looking around. Now's not the time to be looking inside. Now's the time to lift up our eyes. Lift up my eyes into the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. Church, we need to fight the good fight. Realizing this, that you and I are on the winning side. There is an ultimate victory. Oh, we do have an unseen enemy. Brother John, you come on. We do have an, an unseen enemy. We also have an unimaginable power and an ultimate victory. I thank God tonight that He's still on the throne. Hey, God has not forsaken the church. God's not forsaken God's ch His children. God's not forsaken you. You keep holding on. You keep fighting the good fight of faith. You keep pressing towards that mark. And I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, it won't be long. We're going to see that glory that's revealed in us. Amen. John. Second Corinthians 2.14 says it like this. Now thanks be unto God which always causeth us to triumph in Christ. I'm glad we are more than conquerors and I'm glad we are always triumphing in Jesus Christ. And there is a win. There is an end to this battle. There is an end to this thing we call the church one day. And I'm glad to be in the church. I'm going to be caught up one day with Jesus Christ to be with him forever. From now till Jesus comes, there's going to be a lot of praying. A lot of getting together around these altars and seeking the face of God, asking Him, begging Him, seeking Him like we've never sought Him before. And I want us to gather around these altars again tonight and praying and, and asking God to be mighty in every one of us. I've been thinking this, this thought, just this little phrase has been coming to my mind over and over and over again out of, out of where Stacy carried us tonight in Ephesians 6. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. And then he talks about all the things that are against us. Seven times that word against is recorded in that passage. We got a lot against us, but we're more than conquerors. And this little phrase has been going through my mind and over and over and over and over again. Strength to be strong. Strength to be strong. It's not me, it's not my strength, it's not your strength, it's not the strength of money, not the strength of the world, not the strength, certainly not the strength of politics, gonna get us through. Strength from above to be strong in God's power and in His might. Let's come gather around these altars tonight, let's pray. Asking God to please help us be strong. Strengthen me, Lord, oh God, Strengthen me. God, please make me strong in Jesus. Str stronger than I've ever been before, Lord. Help me. Help me, Lord. Help me. You've ever heard your preacher call you to the altar? You're hearing it tonight. Come ask.